Welcome to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of me, Rick Lee James. I'm a recording artist, a singer, songwriter, author, worship leader, an ordained minister in the Church of the Nazarene, and most recently, a hospital chaplain. The Voices in My Head podcast is where I discuss things that are on my mind, the voices in my head. Music, movies, books, pop culture, theology, and more are all on the table as I discuss them here with friends and colleagues and sometimes just by myself, processing what I'm learning in the moment. Make sure to let me know what you think of today's episode by leaving me a review on iTunes, tweeting to me at Rick Lee James on Twitter, and by joining my mailing list at rickleejames.com where you can receive an email every time a new episode is released. By the way, in case you are interested in a daily dose of kindness and encouragement beyond this podcast, I also run the Twitter account at Mr. Rogers Save, where I post daily quotes from Fred Rogers, one of the loudest voices in my head, which is ironic because he was such a quiet person. Also, if you do want to be notified about all of my latest releases, not just this podcast, sign up for email notifications on my Substack page found at rickleejames.substack.com. Well, I guess that's it for the intro, so let's get to the latest episode of Voices in My Head, the Rick Lee James Welcome back to Voices in My Head. As always, I'm your host, Rick Lee James, and I am so grateful for all of you who are listening today. My guest this week is Dr. Andy Miller III. In the summer of 2021, Dr. Andy Miller became the VP of Academic Affairs and Assistant Professor of Theology at Wesley Biblical Seminary in Jackson, Mississippi. He holds degrees from Asbury University, Asbury Theological Seminary, and Southern Methodist University, and is the author of Holistic Hospitality, published in 2015, and Stay the Course, published in 2016. More to the Story with Dr. Andy Miller III is a podcast that explores theology in the Orthodox Wesleyan tradition, where you can hear engaging interviews and musings from Dr. Miller each week. Dr. Miller has stopped by for a visit today here on the podcast, and I'm so grateful for it. Dr. Andy Miller, welcome to Voices in My Head. Thanks, Rick. It's great to be with you. Well, it's really nice to be able to have a conversation with you today. Uh, Before we get into your podcast and some of the the great things that you're offering right now, there's only so much that a bio can tell us about a person. And, you know, I'd love if you could just share just a little bit more about yourself uh, with our listeners here at Voices in My Head today. Yeah, thanks, Rick. Again, like it was a really a pleasure for you to reach out to me and to connect with you and to see the various things you're doing too. I mean, I just did a quick look at your website yesterday, and it's encouraging to see the content you're producing, the music that you've created. So, yeah, about me, just a little bit. I um, I'm a a Christian. I come from a tradition. I'm also married to Abby, and I have three (laughs) kids. They're 16, 14, and 12. Andy the fourth, Georgia, and Titus. 
and um, I, we li- live in Ridgeland, Mississippi, which is just north of Jackson. I w- was a sixth generation Salvation Army officer. I left uh, serving the Salvation Army as a pastor or what's called an officer in the Salvation Army two years ago when I came to Wesley Biblical Seminary. So that's something that's unique about me. I'm a musician of sorts. I have a, <laughs> a music uh, composition degree from Asbury University, but then I kind of pivoted to towards uh, theology and, and ministry. Um, so I served in um, Western Kentucky, Texas, uh, the in Arlington, Texas. We served the uh, Salvation Army unit there. And then we were also in the Atlanta area and then in Tampa, Florida as well. But I hail from the Midwest. I'm an Indiana Hoosiers fan and I root for the Chicago Bears. So that's <laughs> kind of like shows you I was in the in that region a little bit. Yeah, well, that's amazing. Well, that's right near uh, some real similarities to your stories. Actually, I'm in Springfield, Ohio myself, but oh, okay. uh, I, I grew up a good bit of my life in the Indiana area. And my house always had lots of uh, who's your paraphernalia around. Uh, oh, there it is. I live there for sure. It's uh, it's almost a religion in that part of the world. For that's sure. right. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, it's it's really great to, to get to talk to you. Um, I'm I'm actually fairly new to to kind of knowing who you are. Um, I, I was telling you before we started today that last week uh, a friend of mine who is a fellow uh, minister in the Church of the Nazarene, we're in a little um, just text group together. We're just buddies, and and we'll just text silly things. We text things we enjoy, and he had sent me this conversation of yours from your podcast uh, last week, and it was a conversation that you had uh, with uh, the author and theologian Thomas J. Ord. And I listened to it and I really enjoyed it, um, really for the main reason that it was approaching a a subject that's very controversial in churches. It it really, for the most part, there was more that you discussed than just this. Um, But in the series that you're doing um, in conversations of really conservatives, you know, progressive, two different different kind of viewpoints, you were giving a platform um, for, for Thomas to be able to just share his views not to argue with him, not to debate him, but simply to to let him be heard. And I just thought that was such a wonderful approach. As a hospital chaplain now, I find that the, the God does so much when we just listen to a person's story, when we hear mm-hmm. them. And and I really feel like that um, when, it, when the scripture talks about us being witnesses in the world, we so often forget that part of what being a witness is is looking and listening as and, yeah, and we, yeah. we so often go to the proclaiming. So I really appreciated that approach, especially because he just published a, a new book about um, uh, why the Church of the Nazarene should be LGBTQ plus affirming. And um, to, to present the other side of, of the argument, so to speak, was this week with uh, with yeah. Brian Powell, who is uh, another friend of mine from uh, from Kentucky, uh, the district right. superintendent there. And, and you approached it, I think, in the same way. It was a it was a generous way of, of giving voice and not necessarily debating and just discussing. So um, I wanted to, to start out just by saying um I appreciate the way that you help us to have clarity in conversations. And and I, I those are my first two really introductions to your podcast. I look forward to going back and hearing some more of them yeah, now that sure. I know about it for sure. 
Um, but what inspired you, first of all, to kind of go this direction? Because I know it's not just the Church of the Nazarene that you're looking right. at, but you talked about the Salvation Army and and kind yeah. of the way that it's been there. Tell us uh, just a little bit more about this series, because my goal in having you here today is to have people maybe go and give your podcast a listen. I know that may sound strange well, for thanks. one podcast to send someone to another, but I really do think sure. these are worthwhile conversations and would love for people to, to have a, a deeper understanding. Yeah, thanks so much again, Rick. I, I appreciate your interest, and I'm glad it was helpful. Uh, it's always a nice saying when you put something out there. Like I'm sure with maybe some of the music you've written, that like when you hear that somebody actually listens to it besides your family, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like means a lot. Or like if uh, somebody uses it in a worshiping context. So mm -hmm. I, I imagine like it's nice to know somebody actually listened or recommended For sure. it. For so sure. I a little bit of history. I, when I was serving as a Salvation Army officer, um, one of the, I was responsible for the Salvation Army's work in the Tampa area. And in that time, I had a development director, a development staff who are raising money. And they said, hey, we should really do a podcast. This was, I don't know, four years ago, four or five years ago. And um, because this would be a good way for us to connect with donors. And so I had a podcast called Captain's Corner. And people weren't really doing that yet in the Salvation Army. And so it was like something I could do. Well, I don't know if we connected to many donors, actually, mm. but what happened is a little audience formed around this, uh, the the subjects I was emphasizing and the kind of things that I'm interested in, just like you, voices in my head, mm -hmm. like the things that I was willing to talk about and I was excited to talk about, that then created an audience of many people from my tradition in the Salvation Army, but also people just from the broad pan-Wesleyan world, like the type of things I was talking about. And I say pan-Wesleyan, I'm thinking Church of the Nazarene, Free Methodist, Wesleyan, Methodist, and anybody who has Methodist in their name, mm -hmm. all those traditions kind of were, were people that I um, was honored to serve. And I, I thought of it as just kind of a little thing. It's like people joke, I don't know if you've had this about like everybody in their podcast these days, you know, and mm -hmm. like, oh, everybody's got a podcast. And so that's how yeah. I kind of felt about it. And I, I talked to a friend who is a professional at this and has um, developed a really significant business. And I kind of, I didn't, didn't know I I actually didn't know that about him. He was at the daughter's birthday party. His daughter came to my daughter's birthday party, and I said, "Well, yeah. Now that I'm moving, I'm not sure what to do with my podcast." I found out he was a YouTuber, and um, and he said, "Well, tell me about it." And I said, "Well, my biggest one at that point, like, had like, and it was just audio, had mm -hmm. 700 downloads, mm -hmm. and like my, and I was averaging like I I think like they estimated somewhere like 75 subscribers, and I I said that kind of sheepishly. And so he's like, whoa, he said, that's good, man. Hmm. And I'm like, this is a professional YouTuber. He's got a yeah. nice house. Yeah, <laughs> he even talks about how he makes over a million dollars doing it. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, it's 70 people. He's like, no, no. And, and then he started to describe it to me. All that to say, what's happened is like an audience developed. And, and I realized I had a, a stewarding responsibility hmm. for this audience in a yeah. group of people that, quite frankly, I'm honored to serve. Like, hmm. I really, like, I, for whatever reason, as quirky as I am, as, you know, mixed up as I am geographically, like I'm from Indiana, I've lived in the South, I've always, I say y'all sometimes, I mean, who knows, I'm just all mixed up, <laughs> for whatever reason, they want to listen to me, and mm -hmm. or they or, or like the people I talk to, or they like how I ask questions, so the, essentially, this series that I'm in right now, that you're talking about, that you picked up on with Tom Ord and Brian, what's Brian's last name, also I can't think Powell. of it, Powell, Brian Powell. Mm -hmm. yeah, so is a part of me serving that audience, and part of that has been really being attuned to what's happening in the United Methodist Church over the last two years 
and what's in the emergence of the Global Methodist Church and in my own denomination, the Salvation Army. And I think the Nazarene Church and the Salvation Army are at similar places, mm-hmm. both denominations with you know, Salvation Army has about 2 million members worldwide. Nazarene is three. Less people are in the United States, but there's significant financial influence here. Um, and so, the, but but there's pressure. There's like, a, it, those of you familiar with the Nazarene situation, there are, there are Tom Ords in the Salvation Army, so to speak. And, and there are people who are working to call the Salvation Army to be fully affirming LGBTQ items and then mm-hmm. a host of other topics as well. Like and and generally moving away from the basic articles of faith that have defined the organization. So I felt like I've done a lot. I like I I had a I did a debate one time with a a progressive person with me versus that with that person a few years ago. That was okay. Um but I really felt like that some of my like I, I I no doubt come from a conservative perspective, and I'm at a conservative seminary. I believe in inerrancy. I believe that the sanctified life is something that we can pursue and is is a calling in somebody's life at this and like in this life and something that we can move to a place where we love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and our neighbors ourselves. So like I, like I'm this is who I am. Mm-hmm. But I found that there are people in my camp, and I, I'll, I'm fine to call it a camp. Um, who said, oh, you're just overreacting, Andy. Hmm. Oh, it's not there. You know, it's not that bad. You know, they're, they, you know, they, you just have different interpretations. That's what this is. And I thought, you know, here's what I should do. Like, I, I should develop the same questions hmm. and get a good spokesperson on both sides to articulate the view and let them talk, talk it through. And then I'll let my audience decide. Like if people think mm-hmm. I'm being too extreme, let's let them let's let them see. And so that I think I think that approach and, and not letting them be in, in a debate and not let them debate each other. Don't let them debate me, but just let me push for clarity from each mm-hmm. of them. Now that was hard because mm-hmm. I wanted to argue with Tom more and and yeah. even a couple of places with Brian. I wanted to push him a little bit more, but my I felt like my job was to let them speak and then let's see where people let's let people judge and, and my platform how whatever whatever it is gives the, them an opportunity and then decision makers an opportunity to hear what I think the implications of some of those beliefs are yeah well and you know what that I love that approach I think it worked beautifully as a matter of fact I thought how could I start doing that in my podcast sometimes not you know sure. I really need because we're not a debate show here by any means and in fact I always want uh, a person to feel like when they're a guest on my show that you know we're, we're really kind of highlighting them and you know letting them have a place where they can speak anyway but I love that that idea because it seems so foreign to the way that we do things today you know and even in theology sometimes I feel like there's a meanness at times you know that happens yeah, between yeah. some theologians and another to the point that we almost forget we're we're brothers and sisters in Christ at the same time yeah. and yeah. we have these differing viewpoints and I I felt like there was a real beauty to both of those discussions you know that you had with both of them and I I learned from both of them I think I came to appreciate both of them more um that throughout this conversation and I thought hmm I wonder if we could actually do this you know in the real world more you know like if yeah, I sure. to hear from each other in this way because I I feel like this is a, a way that maybe we could instead of um, inserting division, we actually might find some some points that we're similar on. I, I I was interested to talk to you today too about this because I know that 
um, Tom and, and people like Brian or the Holiness Partnership people. I, I kind of, I don't know if Brian is like a part of Holiness Partnership. I know he's spoken for them sometimes. And honestly, I'm just a little bit out of the loop on things. So I'm, I, yeah, sure. I, I, I'm so busy with life and I don't have time to do a lot. <laughs> But I took part um, last year. It was around this time last year, and and there's a, there's kind of a misunderstood group within the Church of the Nazarene too. And and we had a, a conference in Kansas City at the same time, maybe within a week of when the Holiness Partnership um, had a conference at the same time. And I was asked to come out and lead music for um, a ministry in one of our Nazarene ministries called Love Wins. Uh, I think it's. Love Wins LGBTQ Plus, I think, is the 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 acronym that is used. I'm trying to remember. They're changing the name because the name has become problematic for them. But what a lot of people didn't realize, and even what I didn't realize when I was invited to come out to the group, because I went to learn as much as anything. I knew some people from my district were going, was there are a number of different views on LGBTQ plus issues in the Church of the Nazarene. Uh, and I think, you know, we actually had some of the same speakers at both events, which were which were very interesting. And we found when we were talking like, you know what, I think people think that love wins as a ministry is something that it isn't. And I think people think that the holiness partnership is something that it isn't hmm. oftentimes. And the thing that I appreciated about your approach was I felt like in some way we were getting the heart of people in both <laughs> perspectives okay, at the same yeah. time together. Um, and I, not that I'm telling you, you should do this on your podcast, but I thought, wouldn't it be interesting um, if someone um, were, were able to also discuss in this conversation, like, I'm not sure a lot of people understand that there are um, different, how do I call them? I guess it would be viewpoints among uh, Christian people uh, when they're talking about LGBTQ plus issues. So like there's the side A, side B, side X, side Y, which, you know, my audience might know a little bit about that because I've talked about it some before. But the Nazarene Church, the Love Wins Ministry, which falls in line with uh, the manual statement that we have now is very firmly like side B uh, as to yeah. where individuals are called to celibacy and should abstain from same-sex relationships and and while same-sex attractions are not sinful, acting upon them is seen as incompatible, you know, with the Christian lifestyle, things like that. And yeah. it just it just got me thinking, like, wow, even even in these two conversations, there's there's a much bigger world that we don't even know about because we tend to lump everything into um one bucket, you know, <laughs> sometimes. What yeah. do you think this about that? So I'm sorry for being so long-winded on this, but I just wanted to say again, thank you. For, for giving a place for people to talk and share their viewpoint in a safe place. Yeah. You know, I know that neither of them felt like they were going to be attacked when they came on, which I wonder if sometimes we often hold that posture of, uh oh, I'm waiting for the punch to hit me. I have to be ready to block, you know, the time thing. Yeah. And so all that was yeah. to say, and and again, I'll stop talking here and let you talk some more. But I'm I'm just no, I, I'm feeling very grateful um for that. And I'm hoping we can have more good conversations like this. So the question I want to ask you before our, our brief time today is gone. What did you learn um, just even so far? And it doesn't have to be just about uh, Brian and Tom and your conversations, but I know you've been talking about conversations that are happening within the Salvation Army, within uh, yeah, the, the yeah. Methodist Church. Is there one or two things that you personally have come away from this and go like, 
hmm, I'm glad I'm glad we had this talk because I learned this and I think other people might not know this either. Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that I, I certainly did learn and I, I enjoyed I enjoyed much of the conversation with Tom and Christina Tyson, who is a person hmm. I had from New Zealand on representing the progressive side in the Salvation Army. Hmm. Um, oftentimes, I I don't um, take time to clarify those terms, but I, I uh, but I think that they can help people. Mm-hmm. I'm actually thinking of doing a podcast where I just explain, folks, this is what I mean by conservative. This is what I mean by progressive. Mm-hmm. Um, because I people naturally don't like to be you know put in those categories and it might be polarizing. I'll tell you what though, uh, my I walk away from those interviews um, with the conviction that accountability is needed. Mm. Now, I like I I don't I don't leave those conversations saying, boy. Tom and I really got along, man. And and we did. I think I, Christina, since we could go out and have a cup of coffee, you know, that just means that Tom's right. And, you know, he has his truth and I have my truth. And let's just figure a way to live together. Like, I'm going to be very blunt here and I might regret this, Rick, but I don't think I will. Like, I think the progressive voices that I'm highlighting um, from the Salvation Army and the and then in the Church of Nazarene probably don't need to be a part of those denominations anymore. Like, mm. actually don't. Mm. Um, and I don't say that with any hate. I actually say it. I think it's probably the best thing for them mm. is that they're that they've moved in such a direction that what unites us as a group is no longer uniting us. Like there's, and, and I think even both acknowledge this. Like no, there's already division. There's already distinction. Mm-hmm. But if we don't uh, continue along the lines of the essential values that unite us as a group, then we really do need a breakup. And this is what what I've what I've realized. I my wife's it comes from a tradition in the United Methodist Church, and now I'm serving many United Methodist ministers and global Methodist pastors. They they were at this exact same place in 2004 at their uh, general conference. Yeah, general mm-hmm. conference. I always get annual general conference confused. Mm-hmm. Their general conference. They realized like okay, the vote was probably like I don't know 60 60 40 or 55 45 towards a conservative view on mm-hmm. sexuality and a leader said well we need to come to an amicable separation and people mm-hmm. just really got onto that leader um mm-hmm. of a pastor of a large church who is a big influencer in the denomination but now those methodists say he was right mm-hmm. and wow. i think we can go on our way we can have a historical connection but we need to say like if you're not going to affirm the things that have united us as a group which the church universal has affirmed until 10 seconds ago. I think it's time to say we're not a part of the same group. And and I'm even, I can go as far as like, we're hardly a part of the same religion. Mm-hmm. And um, so that seems, that seems brash. Um, but I think that this is what it's going to take for us to be healthy organisms and organizations and to be able to be, have fidelity to our traditions. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and I don't, I don't think you said it in a brash way at all. And you, it may just be, it may just be a fact of the matter. There, there are probably a lot of people that have felt like, um, you know, and, and myself at times, you know, I'm, I'm studying at a Catholic university right now. Um, I'm getting my master's through Loyola. Um, they're, they're, they're wonderful. And the exposure to different ideas has at times made me think, oh, I wonder why I'm a Nazarene, you know, like it's, it's interesting, like they're great discussions to have. 
And there really is, uh, e even now, as I'm um, in a chaplaincy program and a residency program, um, every day I work with Adventists, I work with Baptists, I work with oh, you know yeah. people from all kinds of uh, walks as far as in the traditions that we come from. And it, it, I think it's actually a healthy thing, too, to examine who we are. One thing that they have us do pretty quick in, uh, when we go into chaplaincy is they want us to understand our identity, and they want us yeah. to be able to articulate that. Who are we? They don't want us to change who we are, but they want us to be able to to say who we are, you know, and to be able to, yeah. um, uh, because if we don't, if we don't have a, um, a knowledge of self or, or what we would call a presence, if we can't be present to ourself, it's very difficult to be present to others. And so it's, it, yeah. um, it, it's, it's, it's worth considering. I don't have a good answer either, um, because I think I feel like there's a lot of, um, attention that I sometimes, don't know what to do with myself, you know, when, when I'm in different friend groups and, and I have people on every side of the equation who I worship with and who I love. And, um, and more importantly, um, I hope that we can encourage, um, having conversations that are difficult more and, and challenging ourselves to do that, but doing it in, in such a way that we can say, as, as I hear your heart saying too, doesn't mean I don't love you. And it doesn't mean that, you know, I, I find you to be some kind of reprobate or something, right, <laughs> but we right. might have these differences and, and there may be important distinctions that we need to make together on this. Maybe you would flourish better somewhere else. And, and maybe I would, I don't know. But um, anyway, I, I, it, it, it's it's interesting to have these conversations, I think, and so I appreciate it. So all that is to say today, and, and our time is running low, and I didn't mean for this to be a long conversation today anyway, but I encourage more conversations uh, like the ones that I've recently heard you having. I look forward to going back and hearing. I haven't had a chance to hear the Salvation Army conversations and, and not being as familiar but uh, having a very active Salvation Army in our community here who we've partnered with a number of times, I'm interested to find out more yeah, sure. about that and having Methodist churches that we partner with and, and Catholic churches and just other traditions. There, there is so much that I learn each and every time I'm with another brother or sister in Christ. And so uh, especially uh, when they aren't from the same background as me, I, I try to learn as much as I can. And and, and I'm yeah. amazed at who God is and <laughs> in the midst yeah. of all of us. So, well, is there anything else today that, that as we're yeah. having our time together, uh, I only have a few more minutes myself, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. but I just want to make sure, did we touch on everything today in this brief well, conversation? Well, I'll just add to, to that for you yeah. that, that if we're going to enter into a relationship of loving people and wanting to see lost people one to Jesus, we want the best thing for them. And to me, that doesn't, that's not created from our own identity, our own self-conscious. We don't define define truth, truth exists outside of us. And if that's the case, then like, I want the best for people. And like, that means like, not just to share my view, but to share the, the Orthodox view that the church has affirmed and that scripture has affirmed. Um, I like, I'm going to push for that. And mm -hmm. that's going to lead people to the best place. I want to interact with people to help them get to that reality so that they can have God's blessing in their life as he's designed it, as he's revealed in scripture. I'm going to put my put my flag down there. And I, mm -hmm. I'll tell you, my last little piece I'll add, uh, I've, I have put together a study, not just on sexuality, like that's, of course, like a, a key issue, but um, on the book of Jude, because I found that that little book of 25 verses is incredibly relevant for our time. Hmm. And one thing it's been, so I, I had people who asked me to do some 
like a study for their small group. And so I put it up on my website and I have six sessions, video sessions that people can access and a um, like discussion guide. So you can use a small group Sunday school class. People have done it in their, with their families, but um, it just walks through the book of Jude verse by verse. And it's and really relevant because what it talks about Jude is dealing with issues of attacking tax from the inside of the church. And, and that's, of course, for the famous verse, you know, to contend for the faith once for all delivered to the saints. And I think that like that's a call that I've taken on. And I've found it interesting that so much in our in our time, what happens is that when people uh, so many people are coming to Jude, this little book, mm-hmm. like I, I, Seedbed has a book coming out. I have somebody else who just used the title just recently. Um, the book of Jude has often been recovered in periods of revival. Hmm. in the life of the church. And so I just encourage people on my website, you can check that out. It's Andy Miller, the third Andy Miller, com, And it might be something that people might find helpful in this time. All right. Well, I'm sure that several people will want to go there and, and interact with you. And again, I'm going to have uh, the links, your links. Uh, hopefully, if the technology works, I always preface that saying if it works yeah, yeah. Uh, from wherever they're listening now, hopefully you'll be able to just go to the show notes and click on a link and be able to find what Andy is offering. So again, I know we both have uh, busy schedules, but thank you for taking a few minutes today to talk about this. And I do hope people will check out these conversations that you've been having. I think they're they're helpful. And um, again, as I say to my guests every week, I get to say it to you uh, this week. So, Dr. Andy Miller, thank you for being one of the voices in my head this week. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, Rick. Thank you for joining me here this week on Voices in My Head. Music on the intro and outro of this show is from my single, As I Walk These Halls, which can be streamed on any streaming platform, including Spotify. I hope you'll visit me on my website at rickleejames.com where you can find out more about me, get my music on vinyl and CD, schedule me for a concert, a speaking engagement, a podcast, or even a book signing in your neighborhood. Also, it would mean a great deal to me if you could write a review of this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. The more positive reviews we receive, the more visible this podcast will be. And now, the benediction. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope.